and welcome back to the Breaking Butterfly podcast or if you're new here a very special welcome. I'm so glad you're here and so happy to have you here for this episode. Today's episode is a interview I did with Serena Abalian. I think I just said that right. I say it right in the interview. Serena Abalian, she is a mindset mentor and a speaker and she focuses heavily on inner child healing, which this was such a new topic for me, you guys. I had so much fun with it. had a really good time uh, learning about this like new way of healing for me, and it brought so many new perspectives to my life. Like I'm kind of mind blown right now. I just hopped off of the episode. So I hope you guys absolutely love this one. Before I play it though, I want to mention something really quickly because I only have uh, this episode to announce this to you guys. Um, I am doing a masterclass next Saturday, March 13th and the Wednesday following March 17th and I I'm so excited to be announcing this to you guys. It is going to be a two-hour live masterclass on Zoom with me and my good friend Jane Lyon. A lot of you guys know her. She was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. She's absolutely amazing, and we are collaborating on this insane, this insane masterclass that we have planned. All you have to do is bring your biggest manifestation or something you've been manifesting that hasn't come into fruition or if you're new into manifestation, bring just bring something big that you are trying to manifest and we are going to take you through step by step like all of the practices, all of the rituals, all the meditations, the releasing, the resistance, like the the everything everything that you need to know to make that manifestation yours we are going to be walking you through in this master class so you will be getting a lesson from me um like supplemented by all of jane's amazing work to actually integrate the information and implement it into your life so we actually activate your manifestation in the vortex i know that for me when I started manifesting, everything was great. And then I got to a certain point in my manifestation journey where I needed more. Like I needed something to really take my manifestation up a notch. And for me, that was the energy work and the meditation. And so this this really takes your manifestation practice up a huge notch and you will, you know, be learning like I said, everything that you need to know, all of the practices and embodiment and ritual that you need to actually make your manifestations yours. So I will leave the link in the show notes in the description of this episode. You can also find it on my Instagram at the link in the bio um, and sign up. And once you sign up, just let me know if you want to do the Wednesday or the Saturday. It's the same link for both. um, And you're more than welcome to join either. All of the information will be on the website that I link in the show notes. So how to mention that really quickly before we get into this interview. Um, So those of you that listened to this before, and hopefully hop on and join. There's already so many of you in there, which I'm so excited about. And um, I cannot wait to walk you guys through this magical manifestation process. So um, with that being said, here is this amazing interview with Serena Abalian. um, And I really, really hope you guys enjoy this one. All right, guys, I am here with Serena Abalian. She is a mindset mentor and a public speaker. She's giving me the nod when I say her name because I almost completely butchered it. <laughs> She's like, yes, that was good. Um, I'm so, so excited to have her on the Breaking Butterfly podcast. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm so excited because we're going to be diving into something that I personally have, I mean, I feel like I know what it is. I feel like I've dabbled in it a little bit, but I don't really know. So this interview is going to be really, really fun for me to just like ask you so many questions that not only, you know, is my audience wondering, but like I am truly wondering. So I feel really, really excited and grateful you're here. Um, So of course, to start this out, tell us a little bit about yourself. I want to know, yeah, who you are, where do you live, 
what are your passions what work do you do anything you feel inspired just to like we just want to get to know you absolutely oh my gosh okay where do I start well I am a born and raised Boston gal so east coast um girl at heart I grew up as a professional actor, which is a fun fact most people don't know about me. Um, And I still get to continue to do it in small ways. Yes, even through a pandemic, we do stuff virtually for companies. Um, And that that was kind of my bread and butter forever. Um, I was lucky enough to stumble into various different opportunities, uh, both in the entertainment industry and in every single other job that I've ever had, because I feel like when you are an entrepreneur, it probably means that you've had every job under the sun before that. Um, And so I like to call myself a Jill of all trades because I really feel like I've done a very good amount of things on a variety of spectrums. But all of that has made me who I am today and through the journey of battling my own mental health illnesses and whatnot, um, I stumbled upon this gift that is inner child healing and now I'm really excited and proud to say that I call myself a mindset mentor and coach um, and help burnt out millennial entrepreneurs basically just understand that they are the shit. And I know that's like Mm -hmm. a very basic way of saying it, but at the end of the day, that's all that we all want so I'm like whatever we can do to help us reprogram that subconscious mind to to find our inner Oprah is is what I'm here for yeah I love that and and do you believe that you know I think some people feel so far from their inner Oprah their inner badass like feeling like they're the shit and do you think that inner child healing is the way to yeah really break it out of everybody Oh, absolutely. I mean, think of yourself when you were a kid. Like, we wore costumes for a reason. We had crowns and wore our high heels and literally thought the world revolved around us. Um, So, yes, the more we tap into that, the more we go, oh, I've always had this badass person inside of me the whole time. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love it. I mean, because, you know, let's be honest here. Most coaches are helping people you know, yeah, feel badass again and feel like they're the shit again and and all of these things, Um, even me, right? Confidence, let's talk about confidence. I wanna do that too, but I think the inner child healing is just a spin that I don't hear often and it's, already we haven't even gotten into it and I'm like, oh yeah, like this is what I need. This is what everyone needs. I can just tell it's a spin on, you know, being the best you um, that I, I think is so important to learn about, so. I'm excited and I'm sure so you said you were kind of yeah jack of all trades did so many different things and then you landed on this was there a specific um I guess moment or experience that got you into inner child healing like what really got you into the work that you do now yeah so it actually was from like the one of the darkest days I had which sounds so doom and gloom but the setting was interesting. Um, it was a summer, many summers ago, um, when I was really battling depression and, you know, trigger warning, suicidal ideation, and my anxiety was at peak, my panic was at peak. Um, yeah. And a friend, a family friend of ours from France was visiting Boston. And so I kind of had to keep slapping on this smile and thank God he's hilarious. So I um, I was, you know, it was easy to entertain me. But we went to this aquarium. We went to the Boston Aquarium, which if you've ever been or want to go, it's beautiful. And my favorite animal is sea turtles. Mm. So when I walked in there, you know, to me, it was like, well, duh, we're going to see the sea turtles. Life's going to be great again. And all I could remember feeling was this like dark gray cloud over me and there was no other way I could describe that genuinely it just felt like I wasn't me I was so disconnected I didn't feel grounded I felt separate like it was it was very confusing what was even more confusing was that in that moment Mm -hmm. I had this very visceral experience of kind of seeing and hearing my mini me look at me and was so frustrated and confused like um i'm sorry i thought we were supposed to be having fun like this is our favorite place in the whole world because our favorite animals are swimming like two feet in front of us like how are you awake like hello um and like the look on her face of almost like fear as to she was looking at me and she's like 
what, who are you? Like what, I don't know you. That was a massive shock to me. And I remember going home that night and just trying to like, you know, visualize her in my mind and like sit around my bed and try and reconnect with her and be like, I don't know, like, where did I go wrong? What makes us feel safe? What makes us laugh? Like all these sorts of things. So it was a very like, it's kind of like a very spiritual story to be honest with you. Um, But that truly was the moment where I was like, oh, there's something else here that I was missing. And this was my missing piece. Yeah. Wow. What a powerful story, first of all. And uh, I think in one way or another, all of us have kind of had this moment of, yeah, like, who am I now? We start growing up and we lose this part of us. We lose that inner child and I mean I think I've even had little moments not maybe as profound as you but as I hear you talk about it I'm thinking like I've definitely had these moments where I'm just like yeah like what makes me excited what makes me happy like what where is this playful I remember being a kid and like I would laugh until I almost peed my pants like all the time and and then I got to a certain point in my life I'm like I don't do that anymore why don't I do that anymore right um Wow. I had I had a question um, about that, and I'm totally losing it right now. It's going to come back to me. But so you, you feel like you wanted to reconnect, right? You feel like you mm-hmm. want to reconnect with your, your inner child. What was your next step then? Was it just like, okay, I'm going to do everything to try and find you again? Or did you start reading about it? Like what what did that journey then look like for you? Yeah, well... It's interesting because I was never open to the sort of world that my mind is in now in the sense Mm -hmm. of manifestation, law of attraction, even just like spirituality or, you know, subconscious mind, like all of those sorts of things I didn't know anything about. Neither did I even think they were available to me or that I was even privy to that sort of information. Um, But when I had this really profound moment, I did sit with her And the first thing I wanted to do was tell her that it was me, that like she could feel safe because she didn't feel safe in in who she was seeing in front of her. And that to me was the biggest like, you know, shock because I was like, shoot, I have misaligned myself. I have gotten so far away from my truth that my own self, my past version of myself doesn't even recognize who I am anymore. And yeah. I saw, you know, how you know how that butterfly affected on everybody else in my family and whatnot. Um, but she was the reason that I decided I had to do something. She was the thing that pulled me out of it. Um, and I, I honestly, I haven't read books about it. I've seriously just sat, and mm-hmm. and listened to her and and journaled and meditated and, and asked questions and I when I learned about the subconscious mind I kind of put these two and two together where I went huh I was like so your subconscious mind is programmed between the ages of zero and seven which is when you are the most unlogical black and white playful innocent naive badass version of yourself right um, and that how everything that we learn in those years imprints our behaviors, patterns, thoughts, beliefs, actions, habits for our whole life, for our conscious mind. So I was like, huh, I was like, what if the inner child is a tool that we can use to externalize Mm. something outside of ourselves to take care of? Because we as humans, especially as women, we love to take care of other people, other things. We buy a dog so we can be distracted and take care of them. We buy plants so we can take care of them. Literally in order to procrastinate us taking care of ourselves. So I thought, so fine. True. Right? I was like, you know what? Fine. If we're going to do that, then I want you to, you know, dress up your mini me, get to know her, get to figure out what age she is. I want you to know exactly what she looks like. And I want you to check in with her every single freaking day and make sure she's fed, hydrated, happy, having fun, curious. You know, she doesn't have any bruises anywhere. Like I was like, that's how I want you to treat it. And it's crazy because it freaking works, right? Oh my gosh. It's like a cool trick. I'm even like thinking right now, now I know we are literally like 10 minutes into this and I know this is just gonna like blow my mind 
already because I'm thinking if I picture my little me self and I just like what if I was neglecting her and I just like did not take care of her that's literally what it's like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's so sad um but I have to ask my question came back to me it always does uh you said when you're telling that story you're like looking you know kind of at your inner child like where did I go wrong where do we go wrong yeah is it it our fault that we lose it like where where did we go wrong with losing this part of us that doesn't take care of ourselves yeah I really I don't think it does us a service to blame it on ourselves and it also doesn't do us the greatest service of blaming it on society unless we decide that we're going to take responsibility for it so I always say like you know it's not your parents' fault it's not your babysitter's fault it's not your kindergarten teacher's fault for the things that were said or done yeah. I said it's merely out the gift we get to give ourselves is to reparent the way that we want to mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yes western culture like you know our the hustle and the grind mentality right the way that our world goes round um it what's the word I'm looking for it rewards those who follow that path and it not necessarily penalizes but it doesn't lift up the individuals who potentially want to look at life with a bit more feminine energy or want to look at life through you know a more naive unlogical lens that just feels good it's intuitive it comes from the gut it Mm -hmm. um it's it's joyful right it's like it's community based like whatever those things are um you know our systems have been built to suppress that um and now you know for those listening wherever whenever um i always say like do yourself the gift and not only yourself but also generations forward of you the gift of healing the trauma the um beliefs habits all those sorts of stuff that your inner child carried from our parents our parents parents our parents 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 um and i mean i always think about it like if you could think of the dopest babysitter ever that you could give to your kid uh, you know whether right now or to yourself as a kid younger like be that person right like be that cool person that's like you know what I know you want candy every single night and I know your parents shame you for wanting it. I'm going to give it to you on a Friday night because I think you deserve it. Right? Like just like little things like that. Like, you know, such a small example, but that's literally it. We get to reparent them. For me, my biggest thing was I get to dress myself in whatever clothes I want because my mom used to dress me head to toe in matching Gymboree outfits that I hated. Like, hated. And now I get to dress her up in whatever the heck that she wants or I want and sometimes she's naked I had a client go my inner child's always naked and I was like I fucking love that yeah oh my god it's so I love the the babysitter scenario that you bring up because that really puts it in like uh, you know I, I keep thinking to myself like well how do we actually like repair our, our inner child and that's the perfect way to explain it I also love that you bring up the conversation of you know I'm a little blamey with the society thing. I'm always like with my clients, I'm like, it's because of this movie or it's because of this that they're saying. And, um, you know, I really do point the finger. And like you said, I think it's okay to kind of uh, recognize where it comes from if we take responsibility for it and and just say, well, yeah, now I'm going to fix it. But I'm, I'm so like, uh, you know, just, oh, it was this person, our parents and our teachers. And um, it's, it's, not fair to point the finger because I think everyone's doing their best and what I always say to my clients too is you know they come into my my program I'm like you guys are all robots we're all these little robots that have all this programming right in our subconscious from before the age of seven and um but but here's the best part you are at a moment now you're at a crossroads where you can say do I want to keep this programming or do I want to change it Mm -hmm. and we do have the choice to to change it Mm -hmm. so And I think the part with blaming that took me a while to realize, and it wasn't until like I healed my mother wounds and my womb wounds, um, where I went, oh, I go, everybody in my family and the people around me, most of them are operating this way because they haven't healed. 
because they are so disconnected. So I always love to say, I believe in a world where our inner child is our greatest mentor. Because what would it look like if the tables and the most important rooms surrounded by the most important people sitting at them, what if those people were operating from a place of truth and a place stripped of ego, right? Like, what could you imagine what Mm -hmm. sorts of policies would be put in place or the compassion and empathy that the world would be surrounded by, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I always say, you know, you can waste your, I mean, I love this quote. I think it's from the Buddha, but it could also be wrong. It's like, anger is like holding a hot rock with the intention of throwing it, but you're the one that gets burned. Like, if you're trying to heal your inner child or do any sort of healing whatsoever, you know, like, sitting in in the blame does nothing but burn you and exhaust your energy. So why, why can't we look, right, do the lessons in forgiveness, do the lessons in in love and all that sort of stuff easier said than done because yeah. there are you know some parents are not nice parents and some parents um and people and experiences do not always feel like they deserve love but yeah. i always like to challenge people that that what if they were to have a little bit more love in their life perhaps they would have showed up in that way differently maybe you can heal that for them in their timeline you know not to get too metaphysical but absolutely because like you were saying really think about it if everybody was healed and they loved themselves and they felt like they could truly be themselves like that always blows my mind because do you you do you go to festivals music festivals I've been to like one or two but I love them okay okay that's kind of my community and I always say it would be like a big fucking festival like it would be this uh, like I appreciate all of the work that is done in this world for like, you know, charity and, um, you know, standing up for what they believe in. But there's this part of me that's like, I don't think the world will really be fixed or healed until everybody heals themselves. Like everybody does this work for themselves because, you know, we can keep trying to put out the fire, but we need to just help people put out their own fire. And then, you know, this world would be a lot better. So I know you're saying you know, for you when you went on your journey, it was, it was really about asking your inner child what she needs and the meditation and everything. Um, and, and I'm sure everyone's journey back to their inner child looks so different, but how do we even start if someone's listening and is like, oh, oh yeah, I'm far from my inner child. What, where do we even begin? Right. For sure. I love to make it as playful as possible. Mm Mm-hmm. Because like you said, there's kind of a spectrum of how people view inner child. It's either like this very dark, like crying kid in the corner that like looks at you like as if the world is against them. Um, And I go, no, actually, because they're they're pure and they're showing up in the energy that you're in right now. So I always say pick an age between zero and seven that you can literally try. Like if you were to close your eyes, you would kind of see them outside of you. And I just want you to dress them up. Like head to toe. I want to know what hair accessories they have. I want to know if they're wearing day of the week underwear. I want to know if they got shoes or socks on at all. Day of the week underwear. Stop. I mean, that was my thing. I loved day of the week underwear. Okay. No, that just like brought me back in like this crazy nostalgia. Yes. Um, So literally dress them up from head to toe and make sure that you're both having fun, right? Like creating your little mini me avatar. Um, And just freaking introduce yourself to them. Oh, um, you're like gonna make me cry right now. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> okay, keep talking. Sorry. No, oh it's God. okay. Um, yeah, just introduce yourself to them, um, because if it's been that long, they might not know you, or you might not know them, and they're like, "Girl, don't like, I've been watching you this whole time. Like, I'm so proud of you." Or maybe you have to turn and tell that to them. Like, you know, there's so many beautiful options. And for those individuals who are who have a hard time connecting, because many people do, and they go, "I can't remember anything. I don't remember what I looked like." I go try yeah. and find some home videos or try and find photos and and keep, like keep that near you for a while when I felt a little bit disconnected or I felt you know the craziness of, of moving across, like halfway across the country and whatnot I would actually have a photo of me when I was a little girl on the beach um, and she was my you know desktop wallpaper because I needed that easy piece of reminder that easy touchstone for me to reconnect with 
anytime I was mm. doing work, anytime my computer was open, anything like that. Um, wow. So, so yeah, make it fun, right? Like, what are they wearing? Do they have their toys with? Them? Like, I have a teddy bear that I still sleep with every night. Um, and like, she's rocking up with a teddy bear in tow every single time I connect with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, okay, I have so many questions. So one of the questions that I got from one of my followers was, yeah, how do we do it without feeling overwhelmed? And I think you answered that so perfectly, right? Is like making it fun, but I still think there's like these really hard moments and and also another question that I got so funny right in the same realm is how do I like heal from things if I just like can't really remember I like can't really remember myself so again you just kind of answered those have fun with it like find home videos and stuff like that um but when it does get really tough and there's things from your childhood where it just it pains you to see that that child are there actual actions that we can take? Should should we dress up like our inner child and have fun or go play and do things that they used to do? Or, you know, if it's really, really traumatic, how can we, I, I, what other steps can we take? Yeah, it. there's going to be varying levels for people of comfort in doing that sort of thing because it can mm-hmm. unravel a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's why in in the work that I do, I really, as you know, it's important to create that space to like integrate and embody it after, you know, whether it's a meditation or a simple journaling activity or one of my favorite things truly that has worked for my clients a lot is just talking out loud to them. And if it means kind of going back into a certain moment, I want you to think about what you would whisper in their ear in that moment. Like what did they need to hear? then and there whether it's something small like you know for me as a child actor I used to get these purple slips in the mail if I didn't get the role and Mm -hmm. I can I know exactly what the feeling was like to you know open the mailbox and see the purple slip and you know like stamp my feet going all the way upstairs and like ripping it apart and like putting it in the thing and all I wish I could do is just whisper in her ear like oh baby girl like there's another one coming there's another purple slip coming but the one after that that's the one that you get on stage for and you win an award for you know what i mean just what what can you do to help heal that part of the timeline because if you really are to think about it and release what people have taught you in my belief like time doesn't really exist you know Mm -hmm. as much as our higher self is talking to us right now and 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 we're going to look back and remember this moment of recording this podcast or whatnot um we can do that for we can do that backwards so we can make that emotion or that experience that much easier that much sweeter or that much stronger which in turn just strengthens you in the present because then it ripple effects forward like a like a boomerang really so but also knowing that you know finding a facilitator to allow you to take you into that space where you feel safe is also very important if you're dealing with a lot deeper trauma um one thing i do want to add to the second question that you had asked you know it i can't remember before age seven our mind and body loves to always protect us as much as possible we all know that and i've come to learn that you know it's like a layer of many layers of an onion and i'll give an example for me that i've shared many times before um i kept having this block come up in my intimate relationships where i would begin to panic if things you know got to a certain point and literally it, it was an involuntary like ah! um and i would cry and it, anyways the whole scary thing and i was like what is happening here like this doesn't make i don't know where this is coming from yeah and and I just asked myself to go back to something, a visceral memory that I had as far back as I could think of that felt the same. And I could mm-hmm. only go back two years. And I was like, okay, well then let's you know zoom into this and see what the heck is in there. And once I you know saw that, I kind of peeled its layers apart a little bit. I was like, okay, maybe I can zoom back a couple more years to when that one guy said that one thing to me that made me feel X, Y, and Z about my body or safety about it. And then I kind of got stuck a little bit, to be honest. Um, Mm. And it wasn't until I used, you know, the modality of breath work that allowed me to Mm. actually remember parts of my 
uh, childhood that connected all the puzzle pieces together. So whether it is something like breath work or meditation or thoughtful journaling prompts, you know, written by somebody to get you to those specific spots, um, Mm -hmm. allow yourself to know that it is totally normal to not remember much. And it doesn't mean that your body's hiding some like crazy trauma, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, trauma is trauma and we're allowed to, to I don't know, I, I say we're allowed to call it that with a grain of salt, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it shapes who we are. Um, so whether it was a bully on the, you know, the playground telling me that I look like a monkey because my um, arms are hairy, you know, or it was oh, something. That was me, girl. <laughs> yes, girl, that was me. Um, <laughs> or it's something deeper, like, you know, a family member disrespecting my boundaries multiple times as a little girl, like, two very wild things but both two things that can bleed into you know how we think of the confidence aspect that we have about ourselves you know that very well um so don't be hard on yourselves if you can't remember it is not your fault your body is just doing it to think it's protecting you from think it's protecting you yeah yeah thank you so much for adding that i think it's so important to like yeah validate that that you know a lot of my memories I can't remember and I, I actually was going to ask this question when you're talking about trauma um I can't remember a lot of my childhood but I well yes and no right yes and no but I I never had any really big trauma like it's not like my, my I don't think my mind is trying to suppress anything and one of my questions was going to be you know if we didn't have quote-unquote big trauma growing up how do we heal from our trauma? Because it could have been something as small as, you know, something com- someone commented something and I don't even remember. Or we even have trauma from, I love this example, and I'm prob- you probably know all about this, but, uh, you know, when we were a kid at home, we were being ourselves and we're running around and we're doing whatever. And then as soon as we go into public, our parents are like, you can't wear that, it doesn't match. And you can't scream and you can't run around in this restaurant. And all of a sudden we're that's traumatic to us because someone's telling us we can't be who we are. Um, and I just think it's so, um, I guess, what, what is my question out of that? You know, like if, if we don't have this big trauma that we know we need to heal from, how do we heal? How do we talk to her when we don't even know maybe where we mm-hmm. got hurt? Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing I always say is, I, step number one is identifying your blocks. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I'll use an example from my life. So when I moved back home after graduating university, um, I became as codependent with my mom as I used to, I, I was before leaving for university. And mm-hmm. her and I relationship is very close. We're like best friends. Um, but it got to the point where my anxiety and everything, you know, was uh, layering itself on top of each other, where I literally felt like I had to ask her for permission or ask for her guidance on, should I go to the gym now? Should I wear this legging? Should I, right? The codependency was like, like bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was not, it was not pretty. And I, and I didn't know what to do. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of picked that apart and I was like, okay, I'm codependent you know, but, but what is this, what is this bringing up? Why do I feel like I have to ask her for, is it permission? I'm like, no, I'm not asking for permission because I know I can do these things. And then when I think about the types of questions that I was asking her, I was like, oh, I was like, I don't trust Mm. myself. Mm. (laughs) That's, that's it. For some reason, I don't trust myself. And so then I asked, I said, when was the first time I didn't trust myself or somebody told me not to trust myself or that something along those lines, right? Like, did someone tell that to you? Did someone show that to you? And I always tell my clients, the first memory you have, that's it. Don't, don't question it. That's the first memory. I want to know all about it. So for me, when I thought of that, it sounds so silly Mm -hmm. that my memory of not trusting myself and I hadn't thought about this in years okay was we went to and granted I was older than seven years old I think at this time um but uh we went to Atlantis and on the plane ride there I was so sick so nauseous I thought I was gonna throw up and I'm not a good like a sick kid like I I don't like throwing up so I was complaining it was annoying the whole car ride there a mom I think would throw mom I think throw up and of course as a mom she's like you're not gonna throw up you're not gonna throw up you're gonna be okay you're not gonna throw up you know you're gonna be fine keep breathing da 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 
I said it so many times that I annoyed the hell out of my mom. And when we got to check into Atlantis, I was like, Mom, I think I'm going to throw up. She's like, she blew it. Like, she was so upset at this point. She turned to me and she, in like a little bit of a rage, she was like, fine, if you're going to throw up, then go outside and throw up. Yeah. So she like made me like a little dog with like my tail between my legs, like walk outside of this massive hotel. And the second I walked out of those doors, I threw up all over my shoes. Yeah. And that was basically the key of, oh, I can't listen to my own body. I can't trust myself because I kept looking to my mom for permission or looking to her for guidance or is this real? Is this real? And literally my body is saying, girl, you need to throw up. And she's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. And then she's like, fine. If that's what you really want to do, then go outside and throw up because my mom genuinely didn't think I had to. And then the second I was allowed that permission to trust myself and listen to my body, I went outside and threw up. (laughs) Um, But that, that was the freaking roadblock in the way the entire time. And once I looked at that, I was like, oh my gosh. And I can remember, I remember the shoes I was wearing. I remember the outfit that I had on. I remember there was a trash can and I missed it by about like six inches. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like all of these things where I was like, oh, in that moment I go, what did she need to hear? She needed to hear, okay, why don't I take you to the bathroom then? Why don't yeah. we stand here then? You know, yeah. or or just me allowing myself to go back into that moment and kind of put my hand on her shoulder and be like, you're allowed to throw up. Like, go yeah. ahead. Like your body is telling you, release, let go, right? Yeah, like, like listen to yourself. Yeah, so it's small things. That's not a traumatic event. Yeah. You know, it's not a traumatic event at all. Even even my mom's reasoning as to why she had that reaction to me was genuine. I've been a nanny for years. I'm positive I've said the same thing to kids, right? Yes, technically it's a form of gaslighting. But, mm. you know, as a parent, you've been on a flight all day long. You have another, you know, five-year-old in tow, like all these sorts of things. It happens. So I can't sit here and be mad at her. I just go, oh, wow. Apparently that created this like, Teflon, you know, wire in my brain that my mom was linked to my intuition or trusting it or listening to my body or whatever. So when I cut that and I rewired it back into me, I went, huh, I don't need my mom to do anything. You you remembered you did know. Mm -hmm. You did know yourself. Uh, It just wasn't clear at that moment. But now you have that clarity almost. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's so good. I have a story um, on the topic of bathroom stories, I just have to say, but mine was the opposite. Mine was like, I remember being on a road trip and I just had to poop. I'm like, dad, I have to poop. I would, I know I was like six years old for sure. I remember telling him and telling him, he's like, no, he'll be fine. Like, we'll make it home. We'll make it home. I'm like, pull over. He's like, no, we're like 10 minutes away from home. And I, I mean, I don't, I have some trust issues now, so it's probably not from this scenario, but I trusted myself in this scenario and I said, no, I need to go. And after that little scenario, you can guess what happened. <laughs> he always listened to me. If I say pull over, you pull the fuck over. So I think that's, that's funny, right? Cause our parents are just trying to, they, sometimes they think we don't know, but yeah. we know. <laughs> right, right, right. And and it's, a, I mean, even it's like a whole new age of parenting right now where, you know, we're learning to listen and we're learning to give them the opportunity to express themselves and all these sorts of things yeah. that even in my culture, like I'm first generation born in the United States. My dad yeah. was born and raised in Turkey. My mom was born in Montreal with her whole family from Turkey. We're all Armenian. So like we have all of mm. these things, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I, I said it in a recent post lately, I said, our parents barely got an, a, a botched up Ikea manual on how to raise us. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, barely that, okay? But it's our responsibility to find the Allen wrench, pick it up, and start getting to work, right? Because yeah. we know how yeah. to read that shit. That's on Absolutely. us. That's on us, for sure. Absolutely. I love that. So good. Thank you so much for that. Um, so... I want to like turn the gears a little bit, right? I want to, I have a good idea now of inner child, inner child healing, right? And and kind of where to start that journey. But I want to kind of talk about two things and you're going to have to help me lead this, uh, lead this new direction. 
kind of want to talk about like authenticity, right? Because I, I, what I teach a lot in my program is authentic or, you know, confidence in ourselves, confidence in who we are comes from authenticity. We cannot be confident. I mean, you can be a fake confident, but you can't really be confident unless you are being authentic and being true to you. And I also kind of want to talk about how this leads into business and creating, you know, we are, you know, you and I and a lot of my listeners are creators. We want to create a YouTube, a podcast, a business. We want to share our gifts and and how can we use inner child healing to be more us and then be more successful in what we want to create? I know that I am queen of like loaded questions, but I feel like you have some shit to say on this. Yeah, I mean, it seriously just comes back to the the idea of thinking about what if it wasn't in public, in private, how unapologetically you you were, right? I always say like, let's reprogram who the world taught you to be. Like, let's strip all of that away, right? Yeah. Because you sitting in your, you know, princess dress with your whatever you know combat boots on or something like playing with gi joe dot like who who, whatever you were doing like nobody cares right but that most authentic version of yourself can you tap into that when you show up people always Mm -hmm. say to me they're like wow like i i don't know how you show up on instagram stories like that like as authentic and and quirky and you know like excited or whatever as you do and i was like dude like i'm channeling my inner child because that's how she dreamed of one day having her own talk show or one day you know being able to to kind of you know for lack of better words like influence in this way and i was always that hyper jelly bean you know and i was like i get to give her this gift of doing that that's me being authentic right that's me showing up in my power and it's only when we do that and i'll give an analogy in a second um but it's only when we do that that we actually begin to feel bliss and you know this like your business runs smoothly when you feel good about it about all aspects of it right and i like to think of it because i'm the analogy queen and i love pixar movies so thinking of finding nemo right when um you know marlin and dory are trying to get to australia and they have to go through or they realize that they can take that like current that the sea turtles are in so i like to think of that current as alignment because that current lets you coast right like they're Mm. chilling the sea turtles ain't doing see another sea turtle reference um the Mm -hmm. sea turtles like ain't doing shit they're lying they're you know they're like they're just they're hanging out because they're in full alignment and trusting exactly where they're going this current is taking them with them they're doing the work to stay on course anytime that we operate outside of alignment we operate outside of that flow where we're kind of swimming against the current, where we can't really, it's kind of foggy in front of us. We can't see where we're going, where we're expending ourselves and doing all these sorts of things. So I go, think of your inner child as your Jiminy Cricket, as your North Star, right? As your inner compass that's constantly trying to, it wants to be in alignment. Life, Mm -hmm. humans and animals want and deserve an easy life. Mm-hmm. Like I, yes, yeah. people say life is suffering. Yeah, sure, but through suffering is is beauty and is love and all these sorts of things. But you get to choose how you respond, how you look to that. But on the other end of it, life is allowed to be, you know, like fist bumping and you know what? What's that? They say that phrase about like like noggin, some fin yes, noggin, something fin, like that. Yeah. Noggin, dude. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> it. Like life is allowed to feel that way if when if and when you put in the work to stay in your alignment in that way and i say like you know how many times do we go against what we actually want or how we actually feel whether it comes from relationships you know like i recently got out of one because i was looking at my inner child and she was scared she was like i don't want to hang out with our playdates were fun but they're not anymore and I was like, I didn't have to think twice. I was like, I would never, ever put a kid in that situation. So why the hell am I putting myself in that situation? Right? Yeah. Small things like that. It's, it's, it's learning. It's kind of like personifying your gut in a different way, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Something that you can look at that gives you a facial expression. <laughs> um, yeah. that, that you know better than anybody else or that you are going to learn 
in and lean into more than you ever had before so that's how I I see it on the relationship conversation I have to bring this up because I I didn't start connecting to my inner child I don't think until I started dating my partner now because he almost brought it out of me I feel like like Mm -hmm. I was so goofy growing up and just like funny and like just doing weird you know it was just Mm -hmm. weird I was just a weird kid and then of course I start going through junior high and high school and I don't have a lot of friends so I start like becoming whatever I'm on the cheer team and I'm doing this and I feel like I kind of lost my like like I used to be known as the hyper friend and then I then I became like the kind of boring friend and when I started dating my partner again and we started getting comfortable I started like just getting really weird again just so weird and silly and we're like two children together that's beautiful literally that's seriously so divine it's beautiful thank you I I love it and that's why I I love our relationship so much is because I feel like I'm this child again and I'm curious do you think that's a big part of healing your inner child is you know I know relationships aren't everything but do you is that a goal of yours even is to find somebody that kind of brings out that that inner child is that a part of our healing oh absolutely I mean think about it like granted I don't know much about marriage I've never been married before but (laughs) you know we always hear that age-old saying of like marry your best friend like yeah yeah, dude like marry you know the kid that you'd want to play on the playground with forever because it's easy and you know that if you trip and fall they're gonna you know rush to get you a band-aid because they want to you know impress you or whatever like that's and 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 when you do Mm. that you meet in a divine and conscious way where both of you are doing the work because it's healing doesn't happen overnight it happens every night but you're doing that work together so that if you choose to have kids or even just to birth businesses right that you're also moving the needle of the world in that way like what a freaking powerhouse of a couple you know you guys are and will continue to grow into and be when you both are honoring your inner child like yes <laughs> yeah, I'm th- I'm thinking the word that I just wrote down was compassionate. Mm-hmm. Like I think that doing inner child healing and s- almost seeing others as their inner child is makes us more compassionate. It makes love stronger whether it be in a romantic relationship or whether it be with the guy that's flipping you off when you're driving. It's like I just almost want to see a little child driving and just look at him and just be like, "Oh, are you okay?" Mhm like who stole your toy yeah <laughs> who stole your toy like yeah. come here let that's, me help you right that's literally it and like I've even you know I've had you know older male clients kind of scoff at first about connecting to their inner child and yeah. and I don't go too deep too fast I just go hey like what was your favorite cereal growing up and they're like yeah. oh dude like I'd crush a bowl of whatever and then I was like oh like what cartoon did you run home to watch after school yeah and then I'd be like oh like can you find that on YouTube like you should totally watch that for homework this week little things like that guys it doesn't have to be going to the playground to play on the monkey bars no one's asking you to get dirty or to buy play-doh like if you want to go ahead but it's literally as simple as turning on Disney plus watching cyber chase on YouTube because I used to run home to watch that TV show right and then we can once we recognize who they are we get to go oh they're just like they're they're my little homie (laughs) I had a guy say this on a podcast once he's like yeah he's like I he's like I'm gonna like dap my little homie every day now and I was like (laughs) hell yeah you should you know what I mean like yeah yeah no absolutely it's so much more fun that way and then you like you said you have compassion to that person who you know flipped you off where you're like that wasn't nice but I hope you have a good day (laughs) yeah oh my god I love this so much I feel like honestly like I can honestly say I think I'm gonna walk out of this interview with a different perspective on life you know really if I fight with anyone or Hmm. even just bonding with someone it's bringing out that inner child I think I have been saying recently that like my goal right now in my personal development is to just get closer to a kid like mm-hmm. like childlike state and just be in in play and I think the perspectives I've, that you've brought and thinking of the babysitter or this or just the way you explain it is making me the next person that walks through the store I'm just gonna see a little kid yeah. and I love it I love it 
Yeah, it's um, profound in the in a yeah, small and so mighty profound. way. It's so profound, and um, I'm curious to hear what are some of the biggest shifts you've seen in yourself and in your clients from doing this work. Because I know a lot of people might hear this and they're like, "Oh yeah," or you know, maybe maybe I'm speaking for myself. This is a projection. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, inner child healing, like, that sounds great. But sometimes I need, like, almost a motivator or, like, a reward to be like, this is why you should do it. And I want to know, like, for anyone listening, who should be doing this work? And what are some of the greatest shifts you've seen in your clients that kind of, you know, can help motivate motivate us to really do this work? Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone needs to be doing this work or gets yeah. to do this work if they want it. Um, yeah. But to give some examples that um, one of my male clients, he is a public school teacher and in learning and meeting his inner child again, I asked him, I said, how has it made how you show up with your students different? Has yeah. it, if at all? And he turned to me and he was like, dude, he's like, I have so much more compassion for them. Yeah. Like, he's like, I... I get that there's something else behind the behaviors mm-hmm. or I, I get that that they're trying really freaking hard right mm-hmm. and he's like I'm not as hard on them as I thought I wanted to be he's like also mm-hmm. a CrossFit coach so he has that very you know masculine energy about him and um I love him to pieces um but that I mean that to me is is, is that's the work that I, I want to do when one day when I build a nonprofit is, is to bring it into the education system as much as possible because that's where we see profound growth but you know on a business side um, a lot of my clients actually notice um, that different money beliefs are sitting in their inner child um, Mm -hmm. and then they thinking about yeah and then they like 10x because we are able to to let go of that Um, one of my clients had a really emotional and, and profound experience with hers um, in regard to her body image and, and her hair specifically and how she realized that she wasn't giving herself self-care and self-love literally in just like the way that she washed because she's a very specific hair type um, yeah. and how she washed her and how she viewed her hair and whatnot and and that by she used to do we created this practice for her where she would sit her inner child on her vanity every morning and I'd ask her to check in with with her and and you know and do her hair in the morning and and what would it look like and and what what sort of conversations are you having and whatnot and literally within moments like just within one session of us talking about it and her being very open to the process we were able to fully rewire this thought pattern of why she doesn't show up for herself now you know, in accordance to why a narrative about her hair and taking care of it or not taking care of it or the beauty of it or the value of it as a kid. And she went back, told the kid what she needed to hear. Um, and she was like, huh. She's like, I get it now. And yeah. from there on out, it was like an, a totally different shift in confidence, a, a different shift in, in behaviors and habits. Like she is, yeah. she's so much more mindful of, of, of giving herself the the what she deserves as self-care in that way and and whatnot and those are just like some of the examples off the top of my head but yeah. even for me like it you know with asterisks because I don't want anyone to just you know do this sort of thing and drop their medicine tomorrow but like I chose to heal my depression and anxiety through inner child work and various yeah. other healing you know holistic healing modalities but predominantly you know through uses of different kinds of, you know, um, subconscious therapy is the wrong word, but like subconscious reprogramming on my own, like that's how I got to where I am. Like that's how I'm still here today. Like she saved my life. And that's that, like I get chills every time I say that because I still can't even believe that sometimes. So, yeah. yeah. I love that so much. And this perfectly ties into my next question. It's so funny. I ask every single guest on my podcast this and it applies even more for this conversation and that question is if you at your lowest point like your deepest lowest point you know in the midst of the depression um you know maybe even this scenario that you told us about um you if you at your lowest point was listening to this podcast episode what would you say to her Um, I would tell her that there's, oh, now I'm going to cry. Um, I would tell her that there's so much beauty 
waiting on the other side of this and that Mm -hmm. the reward of going through it is the beauty so Mm -hmm. sometimes you got to just put your head down and and fight through it because it led me to here Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm that's a good one that's a good one babe you're gonna make me cry now too I know I know we're getting emotional on a Friday but it's okay yeah I love that question right like if she was listening in she clicked on this podcast episode like what would she need to hear and yeah that was good I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that later Mm. um amazing 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 Uh, I'm also curious so I always give my listeners a little baby step to just help them along their journey and like not even a step like a baby step like the littlest thing that we could just do today to get closer to our inner child um can you give us like a baby step to help us heal and just grow a little bit more today yeah I mean honestly I I was trying to think of something more unique but seriously just dress them up like it's my favorite activity to do really just like close your eyes or if you're a good drawer by all means draw them um and really head to toe from their hairstyle to their shoes to if they have you know Mm. earrings on or fake clip-ons or you know Mm. a plastic bat like whatever it is like Mm. really really paint that picture for yourself and have fun with it I can already see mine so perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's the bangs, the bangs, <laughs> and the curled under hair, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that so much. Thank you for that. And you know, the baby steps. <laughs> I love that you said. I was trying to think of something more unique, and I think the most powerful part about sharing something like that is, it's never unique. It's um, and that, and that's the best part. Is like it's just simple it's simple it's a simple way for them to get started and they can do it literally right now as they're mm-hmm. listening right Absolutely. right here now and it's so perfect thank yes. you for that um and i also would love to give you the space right now to share with us where you hang out online so we can find more and more about you and like shameless self promo tell us about your programs your work how can we work with you like what do you have uh going on so we can connect with you more of course well thank you um yeah i'm my my place to be my playground as i call it is instagram good old ig um my handle is just my first and last name and that's where i show up in all of the silliness and all of the seriousness um Mm -hmm. that is this sort of work uh i have like a free three-day course on there for anyone who wants to get into that flow of alignment um it's again it's it's very lighthearted. it's a lot of fun um and the you know the deepest level of work for those who are like i say like ready to go kind of not balls to the wall but yeah like ready to rip the band-aid off and and ready to to 10x their life for for lack of better words my one-on-one container is like truly my pride and joy um and i become best friends with all of my clients as in positive you do too it's hard not to when we share so intimately with each other um but yeah and and hopefully down the line there'll be you know more in-person events because i'm uh, a gemini my sun and my moon and i love being on stage so i'm excited to just talk forever but hopefully in person um and uh, and whatnot but i'm i'm so glad we got to connect i, I like i look up to you on the instagram space so i'm oh. truly just a little bit a little bit uh fangirling over here so i'm, oh, I'm really stop. grateful <laughs> oh no i i am so grateful after all of the wisdom you just shared with me i'm fangirling i'm like this bitch just changed my life. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, this is so amazing. Thank you so, so much. So her um, her Instagram, her course, like any links that I can find, I will link in the show notes so you guys can easily click there and, and connect with Serena and, and um, yeah, start healing your inner child. Like I, I really see, I, I knew that this was going to shine some light on things for me and um I really see the importance now, which I really appreciate appreciate about the way you share your your wisdom because it feels important and it feels exciting to me. So I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for thank receiving you for being it. Here. Yeah, thank you. Okay, that's a wrap. Woo! Yay! That Bye. was so much fun. All right, guys, I am back. It is just me. Hi. I hope you guys loved that episode as much as I loved recording it with Serena. We had such a good time and I feel so grateful to have had her on the podcast. As always, all of her information will be in the show notes as well. Um, And 
her Instagram. So if you share this to your story, you can tag her as well as tagging me. Um, and yeah, show her some love. Let her know what you learned from this episode. I know she would really love and appreciate to hear all of your guys' breakthroughs and takeaways from this episode. Um, and yeah, you know, dress that that inner child and and focus on this part of you that really needs healing. I know that our lives really will grow 10 times when we put the focus on this and I am already so ready to start integrating and implementing this into my life. So I hope you guys are along for that journey with me. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing week this week. I hope to see some of you guys in the Make It Mine live masterclass this Saturday or next Wednesday. I can't wait to see your guys' beautiful faces since I do not get to hear your voices or see your faces um, when I'm sitting here talking into my microphone. So I love you guys. Have the most amazing week ever and I will catch you in my next episode. Bye. (laughs) 